0: Psalm 40 is, I've been going through my uh, daily devotional readings, I came across Psalm 40, and man, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I just wanted to share with you uh, some things that God brought to my heart, and I think something that will help us uh, as we look into starting a new year. I don't know about you, but there's something special about a a fresh, blank calendar. Uh, So many opportunities that we have ahead. I went back and looked at my 2019 goals And I didn't hit them 100%, I'm going to have to tell you. Uh, I probably would have been lucky if I hit them at 60%. But at least I had something that I was aiming for. Uh, The ones that I didn't complete, I made good progress on. Uh, And now I have a reset uh, of uh, new goals for the new year ahead. And so I I like the idea of a new year ahead and a fresh start. Uh, And as we have a fresh start, it's important to, first of all, understand where we came from and, secondly, where we're going to. And so that's what we're going to take a look at uh, tonight. I'm entitled tonight's message, The Path Ahead, Psalm uh, 40. Psalm 40, verse number one, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, respecteth not the proud, nor turn such aside unto lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy thoughts, which, cannot, which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned upon in order unto thee, if I would declare and speak of them. They're more than can be numbered. God's been good to us, and we have to remember that. As we look at a new year ahead and we try to figure out where this whole thing's going, uh, we took a look at this morning how all of us are on a discipleship journey. The end goal is Christ and Christ's likeness. All of us are on this journey together. Some of us at different uh, stages of our Christian growth and different stages of our Christian life. But it's really important that we stop for a moment and just remember where God's brought us so far. It's important to remember where we came from and where we're going to. Taking notes, I want you to jot some thoughts down tonight that were helpful to me as I uh, really meditated on this passage here. First of all, where I go is determined by my ability to remember where I've been. It's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day life, and I've been guilty of this as well. You show up for church on Sunday, and you do it again next Sunday, and you forget about where this whole thing's going. But we really need to stop and remember where we came from. If I forget where I came from, it's easy to be puffed up with pride, if I get where I've, forget where I've come from, it's easy to feel defeated from time to time. When I forget where I've come from, I want to compare myself with other people and uh, what their life looks like or what their Christian walk looks like or uh, their level of growth that I see in their lives and I forget really where I came from. Think of uh, verse number one in this passage tonight. She's says, I waited patiently on the Lord. He inclined it upon, unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. Uh, I, by every uh, metric that you have imaginable, I've lived an incredibly blessed life. I grew up in a home with two Christian parents that weren't perfect, uh, but they loved the Lord, they loved me, took me to church, got saved when I was nine years old. Uh, And I guess you could say that God has kept me away most of my uh, life from big sins, I guess you might say. And I look back at what I have had in my life and I'd say I'm very blessed. But when I dig a little bit deeper past the surface, I'm able to see my sinful heart for what it is. I'm able to see my sinful condition for what it is. I'm able to see who I am and see how far God's brought me. And the answer to that uh, feeling that I have inside could be a feeling of unworthiness, certainly. But I think it's need to be a gratitude for the grace of God. I need to be thankful for where I've come from and where God's brought me to. And I can't fully grasp where this whole thing's going if I don't remember where I came from. If I don't remember that I'm a child of God, that I was once uh, unsaved, I was once without hope, I was once an enemy of God, I was once without a family, but God has chosen to save me, adopt me into his family, give me a new family, give me a new purpose for life, it really kind of makes things clear where this whole thing is headed to. As we look back at our life in a backward glance, we need to first of all remember the faithfulness of God. We have to remember how faithful God's been. Verse one, the psalmist says, I cried and the Lord heard me. Just stop and think about that for just a moment. The creator of the universe, the Jehovah God of the Old Testament, the God who spoke everything into existence, the God that parted the Red Sea, the God that sent his son, I cried, he heard. Man, just stop and think about that for a moment. You and I have direct access to God. I don't have to go through a priest. I don't have to go through a religious system. I have direct access to God because of his son, Jesus, and I need to remember how faithful he's been. Oftentimes when we become overwhelmed with our situations or our circumstances in life, we just need to stop for a minute and just remember the faithfulness of God. Remember all the times you called out for God and God always answered. The times that you thought that there was no hope and God brought hope the times that you thought the situation was done with and God prevailed again and again and again remember the faithfulness of God I hope you have some way of remembering the faithfulness of God again I've told you guys multiple times I've tried to start journals I've tried to keep apps that that bug me with notifications on my phone to journal for the day and things like that I'm terrible at it absolutely terrible But one thing I I like to do is I like to go back through my camera feed from time to time. My camera roll on my phone and look at the pictures of God's faithfulness. Uh, I upload all my photos to to Google Photos and it has a way of saying, oh, this was this date three years ago. This was this date five years ago. And I go back and I'll look and I see where God's brought me from and where God's brought me to and how faithful he's been. I came across uh, today, I was looking through my photos just thinking about the faithfulness of God. And in my, my photos that I had, was an usher's count sheet. Uh, every Sunday we have our, our ushers that count how many kids are in the nursery, how many kids are in super church, how many people are in the auditorium, how many people are in other places and things like that. We've kept stats since day one. I saw an, uh, an usher count sheet from, I want to say it was uh, February of uh, 2014. Our church would have probably been about four months old at the time. And I said, we had 10 kids in the nursery, nine kids in super church. Uh, I forget how many we had in the auditorium, but the total for that day was 67 people. And I thought to myself, praise God. And I remember that day looking at that sheet going, 67 people showed up for church today. I was just blown away, overwhelmed. And I look at where God's brought us from and where God's brought us to. And again, numbers at the end of the day aren't everything. Please don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm thinking to myself, the idea that 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 so many years ago, that many people would show up for church it was just overwhelming to me. But then today that we got to see uh, two fine men join our church as church members. One guy finished his discipleship program. One man heard the gospel and got saved. I think to myself, man, I don't want to get over the faithfulness of God. I always want to remember that. And whatever way you have to remember it, you need to remember. I, I'm disappointed in myself and I'm... Most uh, parents I would say probably so as well. Oftentimes we ask our kids what they're thankful for on Thanksgiving Day. And then the other 364 days out of the year, we don't talk about thankfulness. We need to stop and think of the faithfulness of God that we called out to God and God hurt us. Secondly, we need to remember our sinful condition. I need to remember where I came from and the fact that I was a sinner without hope. That I was a sinner trapped in my sin, powerless to overcome it. There was nothing in the world that I could do to overcome my sinful condition. There was nothing that I could do to make myself better. And I need to remember where God's brought me from and be thankful for his grace. I'll have to admit, I was a crummy Christian for parts of my life. I was a proud Christian for a good portion of my life. I would look at people who were obviously steeped in sin and and look at them uh, with a downward glance, thinking, oh, I'm so glad I'm not in your position. They did that in Jesus' day too and they were called Pharisees. Puffed up with pride with the idea that I'm so glad I'm not like that. I'm so glad my life isn't a mess like that. But then I forgot about my own sinful condition and were it not for the grace of God, I would be in a worse predicament than they. So remembering the faithfulness of God yet remembering our sinful condition will allow us to walk in humility in the year ahead, allow us to walk with compassion in the year ahead, Understanding that I was once a sinner without hope and Jesus came to me. I had Christian parents who took me to church. My dad led me to Christ as a nine-year-old boy. But there's somebody out there tonight that needs Jesus that doesn't have a Christian dad who maybe has never heard the gospel. And friends, we don't have to go uh, to the jungles of Africa. We don't have to go on a mission trip to find people who have never heard about Christ. We need to just walk across the street. There's somebody within a quarter mile of this place here tonight that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior. Somebody probably within 25 feet of this place that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Savior. We got work to do. But I won't have compassion on the lost if I forget the fact that I was once lost. If I forget that I was in need of a Savior. If I forget that I was once in a horrible pit in the miry clay and Jesus picked me up and set my feet upon a rock. But now that I'm saved. We need to understand that we have a path to walk. Verse, verse 2 is just such a powerful verse. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock. And then what did he do? He didn't just leave you there, he established my goings. Unfortunately, I grew up in a, a church that doctrinally would have lined up with this church. But the philosophy of how they lived out the Christian life would have been the exact opposite of this church. I grew up in a Baptist church that believed that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, that salvation through him is your only hope of heaven, that there was a real literal hell that burned with real literal fire where people would go to endure the wrath of God for all of eternity. But the mindset of that church was you want to get saved so that you don't go to hell, and after you're sure that you're saved, you're just going to hang out and wait till Jesus comes. Do what you want, you're forgiven anyways, but... One of these days, he's going to come. One of these days, you're going to die. We're all going to go to heaven. Until then, we'll meet back here every week. We'll sing some songs that are familiar to everybody, and we'll just go on with our life. Unfortunately, that's not the Christian life because Jesus didn't just pick us out of a horrible pit. He didn't take our feet out of a miry clay and set us upon a rock and just step back and go, whew, you're safe now. No, no, no. Now he's established your goings. Now he's given you a path that you have to walk. Now he's given you a life that you're supposed to live. That's the Christian life. And the mission that he's given us is to bring more people to Jesus so that Jesus can take them out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay, to set them up on a rock and then establish their goings. We have a path that we have to walk. I love what verse number three says as well. And he's put a new song in my mouth. Even the praise unto our God and many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. We have a new song to sing. Now, I've heard people before take this as like the song that you sing is the old rugged cross or that it is a a particular literal song that we are supposed to sing. That's not the idea of it. It's the idea that he's given me a new reason to sing. That's why it says even praise unto the Lord. My song that I have to sing will be praise unto God. Christians should sing, bottom line. Some people say, well, I can't sing. The idea is not the quality of your, of your song. The idea is the fact that you have a song to sing. And if you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you have a song to sing tonight. It always worries me when I look out in church and I see uh, folks standing there with their arms crossed like this, not singing. Not just like not singing. I've had times where I've had a sore throat or don't feel well or feel sick or something like that. I'm talking about like singing, not singing with a bad attitude, like, uh, like a downward brow like this, arms crossed, looking around like this that's a that's a problem because the bible says we should have joy we have a reason to sing and if you don't sing well that's great i don't either uh, but i want to sing praise unto god uh, there's a guy in our church i love him to death john john wilcox uh, him and him and aaron uh, sit over here john when he first started coming was not saved and uh when he and aaron started coming to, to our church john would always stand there at this the song time just put his hands in his pockets and look around all the time and uh, his wife would always sing and uh about the second or third week I was talking with him and uh, I heard Aaron's salvation testimony. I said, John, when were you we saved? He goes, I'm not saved. Okay, well, that explains a lot then. Um, and we began to talk for a little bit, asked him why, and he shared with me why he hadn't come to the point of accepting Christ as Savior. And he says, I think it's good for my family, good for, good for the kids, but not for me. And then um, he just kept coming. I said, man, just keep coming, keep looking for truth. Because the Bible says if you're searching for truth that you'll find Jesus because he's the source of truth. And he kept coming back, he kept coming back, kept coming back. And uh, one Sunday morning, uh, I was standing on the, the sidewalk and I said, John, what's keeping you from accepting Christ as Savior? And he goes, honestly, at this point, nothing. I said, we'll do it right now. And he says, okay. And so John bowed his head and prayed on the, the sidewalk. You know, the crazy thing happened. John came to church next Sunday and he sang. I <laughs> about, about passed out. Now, John wasn't swaying back and forth with his hands up in the air and his eyes closed but he didn't have an angry look on his face and his lips were moving. And I said after church, John, you sang today. And he goes, well, I kind of like that song. It was a little bit upbeat. <laughs> okay, hey, man, I'll take it. I'll take it. And now to see what God's done in his life now and to see where God's brought him from and the change that God makes in our lives. Hey, look, if, if, if you're a child of God, and you know, again, you don't even have to know this song, but if you can read words on a screen that say that jesus christ is my hope in christ alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace are when fears are still when striving cease my comforter my all in all here in the power of christ i said i just got chicken skin talking that that should do something to our heart and that should change the way that we live our life. Our song that we sing is not just a song that we sing on Sunday morning. it's the really becomes the soundtrack of our life. My life, if it had a score that was put together by like somebody like John Williams, wouldn't that be awesome? the The score, the soundtrack would be about Christ and his praise. And here's what happens when you live your life like that. When you live your life right, when you live your life with, The song that your heart wants to sing is the praise of God. Take a look at what verse number three says. And many shall see it. What'll happen? They'll fear and they shall trust in the Lord. (laughs) I love that. People will see the change that Jesus made in my life and you know what it'll do? It'll cause them to stop and go, whoa, what's going on here? And then it'll cause them to trust in the Lord. Mm, I love that. I love that. The man that got saved this morning was invited by a friend who attends our church who has been going through discipleship, who got baptized here, who invited a friend and says, hey, you gotta come check out this church. She's been out of town for the last two weeks, but he came without her because he wanted to see what she was talking about. I think he saw something in her life and he says, hey, I need to investigate this further. And today he trusted in the Lord. I believe Jensen came to our church because a coworker invited him that he saw something different in his coworker than the rest of the other folks that he worked with. And he says, I need to know more about that. And he came, what happened? He trusted in the Lord. Again, this is how this works. My life draws people to Christ. That's how it should work. I was talking with some friends at lunchtime today, and they were telling us about how they had come to faith in Christ later in life, but they said there were always Christians in our life that set really good examples. I didn't believe what they believed. I didn't want what they were offering, but I saw that they were the real deal and it had an impact in my life. And they they said their names. These are people that made an impact in my life. I wasn't a Christian. I didn't believe what they believed, but I saw it and it it made a mark on me. And I said, unfortunately, many times people see Christians who aren't living for Christ, that fulfill the stereotype that all Christians are fake, phonies, and hypocrites, and that leaves a mark on people instead. I want my life to draw people to Christ I want the song of my heart and the soundtrack of my life to be one that causes people to stop and go, "Wait, what's going on here? And then trust in the Lord. Why? Because God's been faithful because he's taken me out of a horrible pit out of a miry clay, He set my feet up on a rock and he's established my going. He's put a new song in my heart that causes me to praise him, that draws people to Christ that will trust in him. Man, that's good. See in verse number five, we have so much to praise God for <laughs> we don't have time to, to unpack verse number four, blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, respecteth not the proud, nor turn aside into lies. But many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in a order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they're more than can be numbered. God, I can't even count how many times you bless me. We need to remember we have so much to praise God for. So much. If you ever think you don't have a lot to praise God for, take out a sheet of paper and number it 1 to 50 and write out all the things that you're thankful for. If you're like me, when I did that exercise many years ago, I got stuck at about number 12 when I thank God for Life and my kids and my health and air and waking up again today and food. I got stuck about number 12 and then I just pushed on and I found that as I got to closed in on 50, I was running out of room that I had to actually go past that. You know why? Because the psalmist says that the, the gifts that God's given us, the blessings he's given us are more than we can number because he's been so faithful to us. Many, verse number five, look at that. Many, and he stops. Many. Oh Lord, my God. Many, oh Lord, my God, are the wonderful works which thou hast done. There's so many, I can't even number them. If I started telling somebody about them, I would, I would just, I couldn't even think of all the good that you've done to me. And as we look at the year ahead, I want you to remember what God's done for you last year. I want you to look forward in faith to what you want God to do for you this year. I want you to remember He's been faithful and He will always be faithful. And he's given you a path to walk. He's given you a song to sing. He's given you a life to live. Live for Jesus this year. And I thought for me personally, and I hope this is the desire of your heart as well, I want to follow Jesus because he's faithful. He's never let me down. I got saved when I was nine, but I didn't start walking with Jesus until I was probably 22 or 23. But I'm telling you this is I've been faithful to Jesus. Jesus has 100% of the time been faithful to me. I haven't been 100% of my faithfulness to him, but he's always faithful. And I want to follow Jesus because I know he's never going to let me down. People will disappoint you. Your spouse will disappoint you. You hang around this church long enough, this church will do something that will disappoint you. If I'm your pastor long enough, at some point I'm going to do something to disappoint you. That's just life. Jesus will never disappoint you. He's always faithful. You can always trust him. Remember the faithfulness of God. I wanna follow Jesus because I remember my brokenness. I've tried to walk life, the path of life without Jesus before and it didn't end well. I've tried to go in my own power. I've tried to, to muscle up. I've tried to knuckle up, get through, push harder. It never worked out that well because I realized at the end of the day I'm a broken individual in great need of God's grace. I've tried to do it my own way. I tried to do it my own power, and it did not end well because I'm a broken individual greatly in need of God's grace. And I want to follow after Jesus because I realize the futility of trying to do it on my own. I want to follow after him because I know my own strength and how far that carries me. I want to follow Jesus because I know my own shortcomings. I know when I lay down at bed at night, the person that I am inside, and I realize, I want more than that. The only source I can find for that is Jesus Christ. I want to follow Jesus because his path is clear. I know what he expects of me, and I know what to do. Sometimes I think we make too much of the will of God. God's will is that you would give him glory, simple as that. God's will is not some mystical, mystical, achievement to be unlocked, that we're gonna have to find God's will and one of these days we'll find it and we'll throw a big party because we finally found the will of God. The idea of finding the will of God means that God has hidden his will. That just doesn't even make sense. God's will is clear. Give him glory. And you say, well, how do I do that? Tomorrow you wake up, you live for Jesus, you point other people to Christ and you make Jesus look really good. Give him glory. That's what your job is. Now, you're... The general will of God for every person is that we give God glory, everybody. The specific will of God for you and you alone is the unique way in which you maximize God's glory in your life. That's unique to every individual person. For me, God has given me the responsibility to give him glory through being a husband, being a father, being a pastor, being a friend, being a brother, being a son. All these roles that God's given me where I'm to maximize God's glory in my life specifically. It's different for you. But the end goal is the same, that God would get glory from it. So the path that he's given us is clear. How you do it, that's to be determined between you and God. But his path is clear. And if you don't know the path, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. Easy. Proverbs 3 5 and 6 tells us the, the formula for that. So the path that he has for us to walk, very clear. Give him glory. Next, I want to follow Jesus because his song is the song of my heart. Again, I want the thing that drives me each and every day is my love for Jesus and the desire for his glory. I want that to be my heartbeat. And again, the idea is not that it's necessarily a particular song that we sing, but I think that the heartbeat of us, the soundtrack of our life, should be a God-honoring song. This is not a message on Christian Music Night, but let me just say here, Christian music will always help you more than the music of this world will help you. To take it one step further, worship music will help you. A lot of stuff passes as Christian music today. that is not necessarily Christian and probably not even music, uh, but that's a conversation for a different day. But worship music draws my heart towards God. Worship music makes me think and ponder on and recognize the goodness of God, the awesomeness of God, the majesty of God, and the low, humble state of my own existence. That's what worship music does. It might not be catchy. It might not be, uh, sound like something you hear on Top 40 or something like that, but it draws my heart towards the heart of God. And so music always changes your life. Music always changes the way you feel. If you don't believe that, then you need to watch a movie and listen to the music that they play. Scary movies play scary music. Why? Because they want you to feel an emotion. So if I want my emotion to be love towards God, I need to to listen to music that develops my love towards God. I need to remember God's goodness in every aspect of my life, especially my praise unto him. Final thought here tonight. I want to follow Jesus because he's been good to me. He's been so faithful. He's been so good. I don't deserve it. That's why it's grace. If I tried to praise God, I would run out of time. If I tried to praise God, I would run out of ink in an ink pen. And I want to follow him because he's been good to me. Now, just know this, if God stopped being good to me, I'd still choose to follow him. You got to think good is a relative term because God is always good. But sometimes the things that God does don't necessarily feel good at the time. We talked for 12 weeks on trials. We're not gonna talk about that tonight. But if things don't go my way, I still choose to, to praise God. I still choose to follow Jesus. But after everything he's done for me, man, it's my delight to follow him. Hey, if Jesus has died for me, I can choose to live for him. Unless we think that following after Jesus is some burden that we have to carry or, like we talked about this morning, some cross that we have to bear, Jesus says the opposite. Jesus says my yoke is easy, my burden's light. God's rules, regulations, and guidelines as found in his word are there for our protection and for our joy. God's commandments never steal happiness from us they always increase our joy. You gotta remember that. When God gives you a path to walk, he's giving you the best path to walk. Jesus said it to himself this way. You as sinful parents know how to give good gifts to your kids. How many of you, if your kid asked for a piece of bread, you'd give him a rock? None of us would do that. How much more does your heavenly father care for you that when I ask God to bless me, God's gonna give me cursing? No, he's gonna give me blessings. He's gonna give me a path to walk. Again, we took a look at this morning in Psalm 1611. He will show us the path of life because in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. God is where the good stuff is found. Friend, I'm not missing out on anything by saying no to sin. Other than a lot of heartache, difficulty and disappointment. I gain everything when I follow after Christ. So as we look at the year ahead, we need to remember where we came from, remember our sinful condition. And some folks, it's tough to watch Christians who look back at their sinful condition as if it's something to be celebrated. I've met Christians before who they say, oh, I really miss going out drinking with my friends in college. Hmm. You don't remember those days very well then. You really don't. Oh, I miss going to the clubs on the weekends. You don't remember those days. Or, let me tell you this, <laughs> you either don't remember those days or you've never experienced the joy of Christ. One of the two. Because, friend, I don't feel like I've missed out on anything following Jesus. I feel like I've gained everything. I'm not perfect and I won't be until the day I get to see Jesus. But let me tell you this, every time that that I have experienced joy in Christ, I've never once desired the things of this world. And when we desire after the things of the world, it's just proof that we haven't found our joy in Christ. Hey, if you desire status or money or a new job title or that big vacation or a big house, it's not like a friend, you've never experienced the joy it's found in Christ. I'm not against having nice things. I'm against ha- having nice things at the expense of Christ. If you think sin's gonna bring pleasure in the new year, you don't understand sin and you don't understand the joy of Christ. The worst part is, for many Christians, Jesus has come. He's picked you up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay, set your feet upon a rock, established your goings. And you know what many Christians do? They jump back down into the pit, into the miry clay again. Why would you do that? You've just been set free from the sin. Why are you going back to it? You know what the Bible says? Just as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. You're foolish. You think there's pleasure in sin? You're fooling yourself. So, maybe this year for you to pursue Christ or to push forward or to walk the path that he has for you, you have to leave some sin behind. Good. You'll be 10 pounds lighter going into the new year. Just know that. Maybe there's some negative influences in your life you need to leave behind do that this year and walk the path that God has for you. Maybe there's a sinful relationship, sinful thought pattern. Leave that behind. Push forward to find the joy that's found in Christ. Take me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Set my feet upon a rock. Establish my goings. Set a new song in my heart, even a praise unto God. And many will fear and trust in the Lord. And the uh, many blessings that God's given me, I can't even count them. And I want a year from now to look back and say, God's been faithful, and I've been faithful to him. I don't know where you're at in your walk with Christ tonight, but I want to challenge you with this in the next 12 months. Push forward. Go ahead. Go ahead. Next Sunday night, we're gonna have a, a, a special vision night. I'm gonna give you some resources that'll help you to have your best year ever in your walk with Christ. Continue to push forward, continue to push ahead. Remember where you've come from and remember where you're going. And remember this, Jesus is always worth it. Thanks for joining us for the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast. We'd love to have you as our guest this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You'll find exciting classes for your keiki, a welcoming church family, and a message from the Bible that's sure to encourage your heart. Join us this Sunday. You belong here.